1: All right, I think Greg got his uh, pellet stove issues figured out, hopefully. We're now ready for the podcast on this Tuesday, getting you ready for uh, the Steelers game, and also talk about what we saw on Sunday against the Chargers, unfortunately. Uh, But before we get into all of it, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. Let's start with Ramondre Stevenson, Greg. Uh, We found out high ankle sprain, likely out in multiple weeks. My take on this, shut him down. See you in 2024. What do you think?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know, it was an unfortunate play that happened on. I'm sure Michael Wenu feels a little bit bad considering he whiffed on the block. But, you know, we saw it was one of those hip drop tackles that I think uh, are – I think the NFL is going to make some serious changes with that. You know, how they are going to officiate it, how they're going to coach it. Um, you know, we'll have to see, I'm sure that will be a big debate around the owners meetings, uh, in March. But, um, this is another example of a really good NFL player being lost to these guys, just grabbing these guys around the hip and then falling on their legs. And, uh, it seems like every week we see this and, uh, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, no point at 2-10 and 10 for him to come back. Um, it just further illustrates sort of the roster problems on offense that this team has, that there aren't any real good options. Um, I think Kevin Harris is on the practice squad. There might be somebody else. I don't know. But, um, again... Another offensive position that's not a priority for Bill Belichick. The Patriots are shorthanded. It's going to be Zeke the rest of the way. I hope to God we don't see Ty Montgomery getting any more (laughs) carries out of the back. That was one of the worst two-yard runs I've ever seen in my life. Um, You know, it looked like like me coming home from the grocery store with a bunch of stuff, just trying to, like, get in the door. Like, that's basically what it was. (laughs) I mean, he had two arms around the ball and then just sort of shuffled where, like, if he hit the hole hard, there could have been five or six yards there, and you know he just pitter pattered his way to a whole two yards. So, uh, God forbid we have to watch that. That would only add to the awesome offensive display that we're going to get on Thursday night if they run Ty Montgomery out there. But uh, yeah, unfortunate because Ramondre he he was just starting to hit his stride. Yeah, the offensive line was starting to run block better. Yep. Um, I think if he lasts that whole game. He might have carried the Patriots offense to a victory by himself. Um, just the way he's been running, the way he looked early in that game, how they were feeding him. Um, it was sort of beast mode remandre, and then poof, he's gone.
1: No idea why Ty Montgomery is on this roster. He's now not even returning kickoffs. Jalen Rager was out there returning kicks on Sunday. What does he have pictures on Belichick? I don't know why Ty Montgomery <laughs> continues to make money and suck up a roster spot. He literally does nothing for this football team. He stands there and does this on the kickoffs, arms extended for people not watching. It's all fair catch. That's it. That's all he does. I, I You know what? I'm currently unemployed. Bill, <laughs> if you're looking to pay like 50 grand for the rest of the year, you'll save money. It'll be great. You can tell Kraft you're saving money. Get a uniform on me, and I promise you I can stand on the five-yard line and extend my arms when the ball sails over my head.
0: I can do it. And, and Nikki Cattles hits the hole hard, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's get to Bill. Uh, he got his uh, took us all, all worked up in a bunch on, uh, on Sunday. He got skewered by the media, Greg. Uh, Mike Reese went at him pretty hard. Phil Perry had a back and forth, which seems to be, you know, the rite of passage every Sunday now. Mike Giardi also got into it a little bit with Bill. It was not a very pleasant post game, and he wrapped it up. Bill wrapped it up by just walking off. Mm-hmm. And I believe Stacy James, who is the, you know, master of communications there in Foxborough, said there was one more question, but Bill wasn't even having it. He just walked away. Y- your thoughts on that post game?
0: Yeah, sort of a continuation of what we talked about last week, where it's just more chicken bleep stuff out of Belichick. Um, you know, if he wanted to, if he wanted to, if he was upfront, accountable, um, he could have had a discussion on Friday about this. He was offered the opportunity. Um, he could have just come out. I mean, he said in his postgame press conference, yeah, I made the decision earlier in the week to start Zappy. So why not just say that? Yeah, we we know why, because that would lead to the inevitable questions about, you know, specifically, Bill, how did it get to this point with Mac, you know, second in offensive player of the year voting as a rookie to now he can't start an NFL game? How did it get here? And, you know, God forbid the guy who's in charge of everything and gets paid twenty five million dollars a year can't answer simple questions like that or be accountable. And so good job by it seemed like the two mics softened him up, you know, a little, little jabs left, right, left, right. (laughs) And then Phil came in with the, with the, uh, the overhand right. And finally, you know, it wore Bill down to the point where he was like, well, this isn't going away. So I have to answer it. I did think it was interesting that his, his answer, um, you know, there were a few, you knows in there. It, It was like he, it was like, he wasn't, Prepared to answer yep. the question that he was just yep. going to do the rope a dope Belichick thing, and then he finally decided, "What the hell? i answer it." I'll answer it, and he didn't have a good answer. Like he was like, "We all Mac, you know, like Hemming and Han, sort of like you know me." But, uh, you know, I think that th- this is what happens. These are the questions that get asked, and and you know, it's just unfortunate that, and of course he did the rope-a-dope like, you know, this isn't a season-ending, you know, review or whatever. But he's not afraid to go on the radio on EEI and talk about the season that J- Jelani Tavai's had or anything like that, but when it comes to Mac Jones and how he's completely broken, god, we can't we can't talk about that even though it's affecting the team and has affected the team all year. You know, like I said, just more chicken bleep stuff from belichick and like if you want to spoon it up and eat it and you know go bill and you know go at the media fine but you know this is what you get you get a two and ten football team you get no answers you get the, the head honchos who's in charge of personnel and everything else and the coaching staff and you know where this team is and he doesn't want, he doesn't feel he has to answer any questions
1: just no accountability. And right before you and I started to record this, I did a live podcast with my pod, The Nick Cattle Show. And I thought, Greg, that the Greg Hill interview was embarrassing for Belichick. I thought the lack of accountability and some of his answers in that interview were just putrid. First of all, he starts with the, yeah, but we're close kind of stuff. Like, is is two and ten indicative of what kind of team you have? Oh well, we're close. We played a lot of close games. That's what losing organizations say. That that's what mm-hmm. that's what head coaches and GMs say to try to keep their jobs. And I I watched that Greg Hill interview and, and listened to it and read about it, and I just felt that was a guy who was trying to get his ducks in a row for his postseason interview and discussion with Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft says, "Bill, why the hell were we three and fourteen or whatever?" Yeah, but Robert, we were in a, we were in a lot of close games. We, we we were almost there. Uh, Bill, how about your your wide receiver room? Uh, it's not a talent issue; it's a consistency issue. What? What? the The wide receiver issues are consistency and not talent. Is this guy watching the same football team? Yeah, I. And I, I just I walk away from answers like that. And what he does at the podium or doesn't do, and the, he just. He's incapable of taking accountability. And we say it week after week, and he just keeps burying himself with this crap. I I thought, I I don't know about you, Greg, but I I thought the Greg Hill interview was an embarrassment. I I thought he sounded defeated. I thought he sounded like a guy who was trying to save his job. I thought he sounded like a guy who was desperate, trying to justify some of the terrible decisions he's made on the offensive side of the football. What say you?
0: So I, I didn't hear it, so I definitely take your word for it, Nick. Um, you know, you have a good ear for this stuff and, and have observed Belichick for a long time. I mean, I just think it's more of more the same in terms of, in some parts of New England, because I do think, you know, there's a, I would say a majority of the Patriots fans now um, are are tired of this and ready to move on and ready for change, including probably many of our listeners on here who, who you know the the realists the the people who you know look at the scoreboard and and are real about things, you know I I posed this question in our Felger and Maz um, email and I don't know if we're going to get into it on the show today or not, but you know I I said if you if if you uh, could not use anything before 2019 with Bill Belichick, what's your argument for why he should continue on? Um, and, and, you know, wh- why should they just keep the status quo? I mean, I, I don't think anybody who's real could come up, you know, with a reason. And, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, Bill, the way he, he expects to be treated to me, it's like, you know, and I know that other people have said it in the past, but it's like, you know, this is Penn state, it's happy Valley with Joe Paterno in, in some sections in New England where, you know, the guy can do no wrong. Um, and, you know, I just think that's, uh, that's unfortunate, but I do think a majority of Patriots fans look at the scoreboard, look at, you know, I I did it the other day, you know, they are 29 and 40 since Thanksgiving of 2019, Yeah, 29 and 40. I mean, you know, anywhere else, you know, this guy's out the door. There's no questions asked. And I understand, you know, what he's done and what he means. And I, you know, I do think that. As far as Bill Belichick, a CEO, just coaching a football team, just in charge, you know that that's fine. I have no problem with that. But when you start to lump in, you know he's going to want to pick his own assistant coaches. I think to me, Nick, it, and and I've had some discussions with this about people in the organization, around the organization. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago. I've I've started to talk to a lot of people, sort of about you know, where things went wrong, what's the end game here, and things like that. Right. You know, I'm hearing more and more that, you know, I do think that, you know, and I don't know what Bill said about the talent specifically, but I do think that I think the the vast majority of the problems with this team, or at least, you know, they would be around 500 or so, I think it's the coaching. I think it's the positional coaching specifically on offense, that if you – even if you had the 2018, last time they won a Super Bowl, if you had those coaches, even Carm on the offensive line, Mick Lombardi at receiver, Josh McDaniels as offensive coordinator, you know, Bo Hardegree, no, that might have been 21. Uh, but even the 21 staff, let's just, let's just go to the 21 staff, Josh McDaniels staff. If you had that coaching staff with this group of players, I think it's way better. Than what it is. And Bill talks about the inconsistency with the receivers or what have you. Where do you think that comes from? It comes from coaching. Like that, that's where it comes from. It's not just, it's not just in a vacuum that, oh, we're just not consistent enough. Not consistent enough on the offensive line. The running back pass blocking has been horrid the last two weeks. The wide receivers, I actually thought they they ran better routes this week, to tell you the truth. But to me, it's the coaching on this team. You, if you're the twenty one staff on this team, I think this team is around five hundred, if not above.
1: The inability of Belichick to go outside of his circle when he, he's mm-hmm. lost a lot of coaches over the last several years, and he's just unwilling to go outside of his circle. And Greg, you wrote about the offensive coordinator, you know, position the last couple of years and and, and how they got into Patricia and Judge, and now they're back to Bill O'Brien. And when you look at uh, many of these other decisions, the the offensive line coach and who Bill you know talked to about that job, it, it's it's his BFFs. Nobody. It's it's guys. Yeah, it's guys that are just you know in his personal phone contact list. That that's there's no going outside of those of those bubbles. It, it's just it is what it is.
0: Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I love the app. I use it all the time, all over the place. So visit fanduel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL, FanDuel official partner of the NFL 21 Plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued at non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gambling helpline ma.org, or call one 800 327 5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start gamesense.ma.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234.
1: Okay, time to get into Zappy Greg. Uh, a lot of people yep. want to talk about Bailey Zappy after Sunday. There was a lot of talk about the quarterback position before this Chargers game. Bailey Zappy, did it make a difference?
0: So, do I think um Mac Jones and and, and Bailey Zappi, you know, where they are presently, do I think Bailey Zappi was better than Mac Jones in in the present? Yes, absolutely. I think that he, you know, he was was slightly better. Um, I think he made some plays, something that we haven't seen in a while from the quarterback position. Um, You know, I had him for seven-plus plays in the game, including I think it was five throws, some against pressure. Um, You know, he moved around the pocket well. Um, you know, but let's just say his first half was God awful. Some of it was the play calling. It was extremely conservative. They opened it up a little bit more in the second half. Um, but he, had, he also had a lot of issues in, you know, in the second half as well with, um, processing. I hate the deep ball shots. Um, I think I don't, I absolve zappy a little bit of that because I think it was beaten into him by Matt Patricia. I think that's Matt. Patricia loved that stuff. He was like, yeah, let's go back to 1994 NFL passing offense where we just throw 50, 50 balls down the field all day, you know, 50, 50 balls and checkdowns. Like that's, that's offense. I mean, you know, what year is this? <laughs> and I think it's just like, he sees that, but you know, some of them were good throws and look the Tyquan Thornton pass. Um, it's not quite a jump ball, but when you rely on on the deep pass, you know it. it you know it's it's about a twenty percent chance. That's what he was in the game. He was one for five on deep ball passes. That's twenty percent. Uh, I just don't think it's it's a way to run a modern offense. And I think that uh, he had better options. You know, when he was taking those deep shots to Devontae Parker along the sidelines, I thought he had better options um, that he passed up. And then also there was, I just think he's you know, not only is Zappy limited in terms of his physical skills, like, you know, he's just, he's small, the arms okay, but it's, it's not very good. It's not as good as Max, you know, when Max not throwing off his back foot every pass. Um, I I think that, and I think that Bailey processes slowly. I think that, you know, he misses some things and then I charged him for two half sacks and also one full sack. The one where he got sacked after five seconds, um, he had an opportunity. He had Juju Smith-Schuster and Jalen Regor as possibilities on that play. He looked at the rush, and then he escaped the pocket. He still had a chance just to put it out in front of Juju, let him make a go, go, make a great catch, and he ends up getting sacked after five seconds. You can see Bill O'Brien on the coach's film, like, you know, he was like, "You got to be kidding me! At least throw the ball away." And so, um. You know, he he did some nice things. I like the way he moves in the pocket. He does a good job with that. I think part of that is he doesn't have the PTSD built up. Um, He might after this game because I had a 50% pressure rate in this game, which I also factor in to how he played. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is my rating for him was uh, minus about 12%. It's not winning football. It was better than five of max starts but it was worse than six of Jones's starts. So you're talking like a a middling performance in a middling quarterback year for this team. You look at the team stats, the offensive points, uh, the offensive expected points added was minus 13. It was the worst since the Saints game. Uh, The passing offense was minus 12 expected points added. Only the Giants game was worse since the New Orleans game. So, you know, both The way it looked, it was a little bit better. I do think Zappi was a little bit better, but the bottom line is it smelled not even close enough to play winning football.
1: The bar is so low that we're at the point that a quarterback can play slightly better than a completely broken quarterback, and it makes some yep. people feel good. That's, mm-hmm. that's the reality of the situation. That's how dire the circumstances are. The bar is so low. This is a terrible defense, folks, that he played mm-hmm. against on Sunday. The Chargers stink out loud defensively. So when you think about the context, and did he play better in the second half? I thought he played much better in the second half. I thought the first half he was awful. Uh, the, yep. the first pass of the game, the slant to Devontae Parker behind him. Hunter Henry's wide open, throws it low and behind him. Hill Elliott is wide ass open in the flat. He, he, he completely misses him. He was brutal in the first. I I actually posted at Nick C radio. If you want to follow me. Ding. um, I actually posted that. And I meant this. It it wasn't like just taking an unnecessary shot. It was a a legitimate question. Watching that game in the first half. Did he throw one accurate football? He might have thrown Uh, one or two passes accurately.
0: Yeah, I didn't have him for a plus throw. The only plus I had for the first half was a five yard scramble
1: everything was behind everything was low everything was late every so again it, it, it's a low bar it's a low bar and I, I agree with you on the ptsd stuff people yeah he looked less panicky than mac did i thought he still took a couple of sacks he couldn't the one that you brought up the after 5 seconds is a brutal sack to take but just give it time folks give it time mm-hmm. mac mac jones some, and this is not to defend Mac, okay? I, I, we all, all of us have to now drop that caveat when we talk about Mac Jones in the media. It's disgusting. We always have to say, this is not defending Mac. He didn't right. wake up broken. He didn't wake up and just say, oh, you know what? I'm going to just completely forget how to fundamentally play the quarterback position. It took time. Let Zappy run around for his life multiple times behind this offensive line, and we'll see what happens. Last thing on this offense, I wanted to actually before before we get to that, the one more thing I wanted to ask you about. Do you continue with Zappi? I would imagine Zappi plays short week, Thursday night.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. At least, you know, I thought he played well enough and there was enough that like, you know, that I want to see him get the opportunity to watch the film and make corrections and see how he does. I think he'll be better. Um, against the Steelers, against a yeah. much much better defense, um, you know, on the road, I think he'll be better. Um, so I'm fine with it, but you know, let's see how it looks against the Steelers. You know, you get sort of the mini buy with the Thursday night game. Um, if it's not appreciably better in this game, then I thought I think you got to give a-, a thought of going to Malik Cunningham at least for a game or two, seeing what that looks like. You know, if not Mac, I mean, I. I think that's too soon for Mac. But for now, yeah, I thought, I thought Bailey was fine enough to, to, to warrant going forward with him.
1: Let's look at the bigger picture with this offense, Bill O'Brien and the offense. And, and here's something else that I addressed today on my pod. You and I are usually on the same page when we talk about, you know, what to address and what not to address here. Burt Breer, Sports Sunday. I know Burt's yeah. a close friend of yours, really good at what he does, has lots of sources in the building, pretty plugged in guy said on Sports Sunday with Felger that uh, Belichick restricts O'Brien and that Belichick doesn't allow O'Brien to run the kind of offense that O'Brien wants to run. When you look at this, Greg, from 30,000 feet, how much of this is on Bill O'Brien, this offensive ineptitude?
0: So um, I think, uh, not surprisingly, I think Bill, uh, Bert, and I talk to a lot of the same people because I will say, so, you know, in the wake if, if you're not a BSJ member and why not, um, yeah, what are you doing for, for Stop Christmas? Waiting. I know. Come on, let's go. So I, so my column off of the game on Sunday was basically, this has gotten so bad that the crafts have to entertain a full reset. And, you know, we will, we'll either dive into that a little bit more deeply in this or, you know, possibly next week. Um, uh, but you know, I heard from a bunch of people with the Patriots, um, after my column posted and they read it and, um, you know, there's, I think some of it is job preservation. Um, I think certainly that's, and and that's natural. I don't fault them. And I'm not saying that they're wrong to, to say what they did, but there are a lot of people who are saying that, that, that O'Brien is being handcuffed by Belichick. And, you know, I don't know how exactly that works. I'm looking, you know, more into that. Um, We'll see if anything, I get anything more, but um, there are a lot of people who think that bill wanted to do, Billy wanted to do a lot more with this offense and we've seen it in flashes. It's hard for me to say that's true because I know the way, specifically the way Bill O'Brien looks at the game, you know, from, from being behind the scenes with them when he was with the Texans and how they offense how they put together their offensive game plan and things like that and you know and also you know from from observing and dealing with Josh McDaniels over the years like these guys as offensive coordinators they are not going to call things they're not going to put things in the game plan unless they have a very good reason and they have they feel very strongly that they'll be able to execute those plays i just think that I do think that there is some element of Belichick saying, like, "This is how we're going to play the game, and and we're going to be very conservative, and you know, we got to try to cut down on the turnover, so let's let's just take the air out of the ball, that sort of thing." But I also think there's an element that that Billy looks at it and puts guardrails on himself because he's just like, "This offensive line stinks. The receivers can't run routes. The running backs can't pass protect. Like, I I don't feel confident in anything." So you know we have to go to a very conservative playbook. So it's hard for me to tell whether that's Belichick or O'Brien, but I do think there's a there's a marriage of the two things. But I think it, the the baseline of this offense and the problems to me is the offensive coaching staff, and I think that the I think that the positional coaching on the staff is terrible, and I think that Belichick made a huge blunder not letting Billy O'Brien just hire whoever he wanted to on offense, saying. Billy, you can do whatever you want to do. I think these guys are good, and this is why I like these guys, but if you want to make a change, go right ahead. And Belichick's uh, you know not doing that, as you know il- you illustrated earlier about how he, he doesn't go outside a five-foot circle basically to get people to work for him, I think is, has really I think that's the biggest thing that's hurt this offense this year.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Dear Bill Belichick, stay the hell away from anything offensively with this football team. Uh, you believe that a one-legged juju was an upgrade over Jacoby. You thought giving Devontae Parker an extension was a good idea. Stay away. I don't want you touching the offense. I don't want you sniffing the offense. I don't I don't even want you watching the offense. When the offense is on the field, turn your back to the offense. Let Bill O'Brien handle it, please. If 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 Belichick has 30% of what's going on here is 30% too much. Stay away, please. And and I do wonder, Greg, I wanted to ask you this. During camp, there was a lot of talk from from you guys down there covering the beat about how things look different and how there were, there were some fun things happening pre-snap. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did, did you see any of that actually translate into the regular season, or has most of that stuff just kind of stayed on the back burner because of
0: what you're saying, that they can't get down the basics? You know, I, there was only one occasion, and I, maybe you remember the game. There, there was one game where they used a crap ton of motion yeah. and – Uh, I forget which game it was. That was really the only game that stood out. But my impression from training camp was I didn't know how good they were going to be. And, again, I picked them for 7 and 10, uh, perfectly healthy. So I wasn't that high on things. But my impression from watching training camp and the joint practices was um, that I thought Billy O'Brien was going to marry the best parts of the old Patriots offense with Uh, what he learned in the college game. And that's a lot of what I saw this summer. And most of that has gone poof. But I think, uh, you know, a large portion of it has to do with uh, the personnel that he has to deal with, that he doesn't feel strong, that they're going to be able to execute much of anything. And again, because of the positional coaches.
1: And that was part of Burt's report, by the way, which is that, you know, Bill O'Brien, a lot of the stuff that he's learned outside of the Gillette Walls is the kind of stuff that he hasn't really been allowed to, uh, to go out there and do. And so it's, that, that's interesting reporting. As far as the hard reset, just one thing I'll say about this. I think it, it does make Gerard Mayo look much better as a prospective head coach if it's not here, at least somewhere else. That this defense has bought in, that this defense is playing hard, They haven't always been great, but they continue to compete. And I don't know if you agree with me on this, Greg, but that does tell me that as far as Mayo relating to guys and getting guys to buy in and actually care. If Mm. I'm looking at this as Robert Kraft, I'm saying, hey, you know what? This season sucks. This defense has every reason to tap out and not care but they're coming in and they're actually playing with, you know, they're playing their ass off. They're playing hard. They're competing. And I think that does say a lot about Gerard and it says some about little Belichick.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I would agree with that. I mean, you know, I, I don't think that, um, you know, just because of the points allowed that they've, that they've given up, uh, you know, whatever it is, um, 26 or something in the last three games. Um, you know, I, just because of the, the bottom line, I don't think that means that the defense is is all world. I don't think that that is indicative of the level of defense. I mean, I, I do think they've executed at a high level. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of things that go into it, including I think the, the opponents realize we don't really have to do much. As long as we don't turn the ball over, we're going to win this game. We don't have to score many points, so we're not going to try. And and I think that, that offense have been conservative, and plus – you know, you also look at it. I mean, you know, who was it? Gardner Minshew. Um, who was the other? Who was the other team that they beat uh, or lost to during this? Uh, no, Tommy DeVito, crunch. Yeah, Tommy DeVito, and then you know Justin Herbert with guys dropping balls all over the place, and then in, in a monsoon, um, you know, with 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 a with a crappy offensive line that couldn't get any push. You know, I thought the Patriots defense did awesome against the run, but. The Chargers stink up front, which we talked about going into the game. Um, you know, I think that, yeah, I think they've done a, a really good job. I don't think that they're, you know, a lights-out defense or anything like that, but there's no question. I think it was last week. You know, if you took J.C. Jackson off of the, the field for the Patriots and in, in all his errors against the Giants, I think that that, that might have been like a perfect game by the defense in terms of execution. So I I do think that's – that's where coaching matters. That's where coaching comes in. And I think that the defensive coaches have done an excellent job. I just think with injuries and other things, they're, they're just sort of limited in to what their ceiling is.
1: We'll keep it to you. You're super quick three up from the Chargers game.
0: Uh, so uh, Christian Barmore, again, um, you know, really nice job dominating inside. Uh, Jonathan Jones, I thought, you know was excellent in this game. And offensively, I'm going to go with – I'm going to give one to David Andrews. I thought he was uh, outstanding in the running game, one of his best games uh, I've ever seen. Uh, As far as downs, uh, Michael Wenu was freaking horrendous in this game. Um, He had to – I know there's an illness going through. Dietrich Wise was sick. Sean Wade had to tap out during the game with an illness. Um, I'm going to give Big Mike the benefit of the doubt because I've never seen him play that bad. He, he was, he was awful in this game. Um, and then also, um, let's see, Bailey Zappi was number two. I mean, look, it wasn't bad, but I've had Mac as a three down all year, basically the same sort of performance other than Zappi didn't turn the ball over. Um, he did almost have one interception in the game, one near interception, um, towards the end. And then, um, Trent Brown he didn't play a ton in this game I don't know how much is physical I can only go off the film and you know right now it's the, sort of the annual rite of passage which is trying to figure out Trent Brown's give a crap factor uh, late <laughs> in a Patriot season it's a it's tradition like, unlike any other Nick
1: we should have like a meter like a like a like a Trent <laughs> Brown give a crap meter all right quick thoughts on the Steelers as we get ready for what I'm sure is going to be an exciting, uh incredible football game on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, I don't have much to say about their offense. I think it's I think it's bad. I don't think the Steelers will be able to run. They're going to try to put it on the the Patriots will want to put it on Mitch Strabisky. If I were him, I would just run all the time. You know, like we he did against the Pat he almost yeah. Carried the Bears to a victory against the Patriots with his legs that one yep. year, where the Bears were god awful. I mean, that's what they should do. Um, you know, can you imagine if it was like if Malik Cunningham gets in the game, especially Trubisky and Malik Cunningham running like the single <laughs> wing for both? I mean, they might as well let's let's throw it all the way back. Um, the Steelers' defense is obviously very formidable, and if, if the Patriots get their type of. tackle performance uh, against the Steelers that they got against the Chargers. Like, holy hell, pray for Bailey Zappi. I mean, because you have TJ Watt. I think he might be dealing with an injury. Um, And then you have Alex Highsmith on the other side. And then the other thing is, Cole Strange played really well in this game against the Chargers. Not a surprise because the Chargers are undersized up front on the defensive interior. They seem to always be for years. And... That's in Cole's wheelhouse. What's not in his wheelhouse is Hayward on the other side. You know, these big, strong, physical, defensive tackles. He has issues with that. So you combine Watt, Highsmith, and Hayward um, along with Minka Fitzpatrick at safety. And, like, you know, I just feel bad for Bailey Zappi. He wanted to take Mac Jones' place. God bless him. You know, he might be ruining that decision come sometime on Thursday night.
1: Just brutal. Just brutal. He, I think he ran for like 80 yards that game against the Patriots that we're talking about. I mm-hmm. uh, just looking it up, some of his stats, his, his game logs. That's the Pats game I could find back in, uh, I think it was 18, 2018. All right, so check him out. Of course, as we always say over at BSJ, 50 bucks for the year. Bedard, Giardi, all the rest of the team. Great coverage on all of the teams you could expect there. 50 bucks a year, bostonsportsjournal.com. Also remind you, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. New customers receive $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Let's get to the pick. Steelers, minus six Thursday night in Pittsburgh. The over-under is a delicious 30 and a half. Uh, Greg,
0: Greg, where are you going with this one? 30 and a half. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is like this is like this is basically akin to Rutgers in Iowa, yeah, which is like you know, shoot me in the face, um you know that I have to watch this stuff, uh a six is a lot for the Steelers, like I mean, I guess they're expecting the steelers Steelers to score on defense um you know, which they 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 tend to do um. You know, like, like you said, what, what's your, sort of your line on the Patriots? You're like, I'm just going to pick against them. Like, I I don't I'm p- know. Yeah, I I'm picked picking them against to beat them. the Chargers.
1: I'm going to pick against them every week until they actually win a football game on the field.
0: Well, see, that's why you're wicked smart, and I'm a freaking <laughs> idiot. Like, this past week, not only did I pick the Patriots to win at the end of the day, not I don't know if I did on the podcast, but for Sunday, I picked them to win, and I picked the over. How much of a freaking moron am I? Six, nothing. Um, <laughs> so I'm adopting. I, I, you look, I'm going with Nick. I'm, I'm oh. sort of backing his play. I'm going, the Steelers are covering. The <laughs> uh, It's going to be the under, uh, I'd say, let's say, uh, 16, 16, six, or something like that for the Steelers. This game is going to be an offensive explosion.
1: You're going to have 50 uh, percent more points total than we had this past weekend. So get ready for it. Steelers nine nothing on Thursday night. I'm going Steelers minus six, well under the 30 and a half. I'm not picking this football team until they went on the field. I am now six and six against the spread. So I'm even, back even. So that's the uh, that's the pick. This game's going to suck unless something is just dramatic happens and <laughs> a miracle breaks out in Pittsburgh. It's going to be terrible. But we'll be back to recap it, everybody. Sure, it'll be fun. He's Greg. I'm Nick. Till then, be well.